welcome to Easy Bake Takes, Takes, the podcast. Where we read you the one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. And today we're doing the third installment of our Halloween horror movie marathon with one of my all-time favorite horror movies, Paranormal Activity. So this movie first came out in 2007-2008 in film festivals, and then it was released in theaters in 2009. It is an hour and 26 minutes long, and it honestly is like the perfect length of a movie, this movie. Like it feels like well-paced, and Mm -hmm. they use their time effectively. Yeah. Um, It's categorized as a horror thriller, and surprisingly, it has an 83% from critics and a 57% from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. That is so interesting. I love it when movies have like critics love it, but audience hate it. I don't I don't know how that happens, but it does. Yeah. Mo- well, a lot of people shit on this movie hardcore for a long time, mm-hmm. but we'll get into that in a second. OK, so just a plot breakdown for this movie. The opening credits start and they thank the families of Katie and Micah and the San Diego Police Department at the beginning with a title card. There are no credits in the opening. It is just that title card and the movie starts. So young couple, Katie and Micah, move to a new house in San Diego. Katie claims that an evil presence has been haunting her since she was a child. So Micah sets up a camera in their bedroom to record any paranormal activity that occurs while they sleep. Katie invites psychic Dr. Fredericks over, who suggests Katie is being haunted by a demon that feeds off of negative energy and is intent on tormenting her. He advises her not to communicate with the demon without a demonologist, but Micah can- Micah. It's Mika, isn't it? It's Mika. Yeah. Mika. Mika continues to film and seek it out. The camera captures many strange occurrences during the night. They start off as minor noises, flickering lights, and bedroom door movements, but over time escalate into violent door slamming, loud thuds, and demonic grunts and screeches. One night, Katie appears to be in a trance. She gets up, stands beside the bed, staring at Micah for two hours, and goes outside, none of which she recalls the next day. Micah. Mika. Fuck, I keep calling him Micah. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep doing that. That's fine. Mika brings home a Ouija board. When the couple leaves the house, the camera records an unseen force moving the pointer on its surface, which then spontaneously catches on fire. Katie is increasingly aggravated by Micah's... Mika's <laughs> fucking hell. Austin kept calling him Nico, so it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> By Mika's flippant behavior and pleads to contact the demonologist, but he refuses. The couple find non-human footsteps on baby powder sprinkled by Mika in the hallway. Its path leads to a burnt photograph of young Katie in the attic, thought to have been destroyed in a house fire. Outside intervention is unavailable as the demonologist is out of the country and Dr. Fredericks is afraid of making the demon angrier. And I just want to note right here, I love when he just walks in and goes, this thing does not want me here. 30 seconds. He's like, wow, I can't help you. He's like, oh my God, I'm going to leave. That was Austin's favorite part. We had to watch it like twice. Yes. Um, That night, Katie is pulled out of the bedroom by an unseen force. Mika discovers a bite mark on Katie's back the morning after, motivating him to get out of the house. But Katie abruptly insists on staying. On night 21, Katie gets out of bed again and stares up Mika for two hours before going downstairs. Katie screams for Mika and he quickly rushes to help her. After a moment of silence, Mika's body is violently hurled at the camera, which is knocked off the tripod, revealing Katie standing in the doorway with blood on her shirt. She crawls to Mika's body, then looks up at the camera with a grin. She lunges towards the camera. Her face takes on a demonic snarl and the scene cuts to black. Epilogue text states Mika's body is discovered by the police and Katie is missing. So that's the theatrical ending. This is an alternate ending that was on home video releases after killing mika off screen katie comes back upstairs alone like in the original ending 
She closes and locks the bedroom door, approaches the camera, and promptly slits her own throat before collapsing dead. The scene then fades to black. And then the original ending, which they only used at one public screening before just completely scrapping it, Katie returns to the bedroom alone, covered in blood and holding a large kitchen knife. She sits on the floor against the bed and rocks back and forth. The next day, Katie's friend Amber leaves a concerned message at 2 p.m., visits the house at 9 p.m., discovers Mika's body downstairs, and runs away in panic. 30 minutes later, two policemen enter the house and reach the bedroom where they find the possessed Katie with a knife. Seeing them, Katie suddenly returns to her normal state and asks about Mika. After the attic door slams by itself, one of the officers panics and shoots and kills her. The camera fades to black as the police officers continue searching the house for the source of the sound. An epilogue text appears dedicating the film to the memory of Mika and Katie. Holy shit. Oh my god. And I can see why they might they might scrap that. Yeah, I can see that too. <laughs> it's a little intense of an ending. I mean, it's an intense ending either way, but... Yeah. To have her accidentally get shot by the cop. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the alternate ending is also a little graphic. I understand why that's not the yeah, official it's only on yeah yeah only on dvd mm-hmm. yeah okay so this movie was directed and written by oren pelly who went on to produce the insidious movies oh those are good movies too and i feel like we should at least the first, first one. one really really scared me oh that movie scared the shit out of me i know it was just so freaky it yeah the cast something interesting that they did to keep up the appearance that this was real was the actors names were the same as oh okay yeah so katie featherston plays katie mika sloat plays mika mark fredericks plays dr fredericks ashley palmer who plays diane is the only one that's not really but that's just the woman that also went through what katie's going through mm-hmm. um and then amber strong armstrong is played plays amber Mm. But some trivia. Surprising that Spielberg popped up quite a few times when I was looking at trivia. Wow. But Spielberg convinced the filmmakers to change the original ending. He also stopped halfway through when he was watching it on a home screener that they had sent him because he was genuinely spooked and he ended up finishing it during the day and he loved it. I just think that's so cute. Him getting scared and being like, I'll watch this when it's light outside. I love that too. And then the actors weren't given scripts but were given guidelines about how to behave or what to discuss in their scenes. This technique is called retroscripting and was used in the Blair Witch Project. Oh. You know, like, I don't know if you've heard about how they had those tubes everywhere. Yeah. They had to make it to the waypoints. They mm-hmm. had jars with their names on them and they could only read their instructions, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. In that movie and I think in this movie, that technique works out. Very well, especially if you're doing found footage and you need to keep that... Authentic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Pelly was determined to focus on believability rather than action and gore. So the movie was entirely shot in his home and on a digital camera. And then he spent a year redecorating his house prior to filming. And so <laughs> the walls in his house were originally like stark white and there was no railing on the staircase. So he like redid his house to make the movie in it. Wow. One thing about this movie is how dated it is. Like it is so 2000s. It's so 2000s. It's hideous sorry it's hideous it is yes it is i i you know if you like this kind of decoration i'm sorry to you i'm sorry but i grew up with it and i fucking hate it it's so ugly i'm so sorry so bad it's so bad and i don't think it'll be like you know how the 80s like in the 70s like yes those kind of came back no this is not gonna come back this is not allowed I do not like dark brown wood and I will not stand for it in my house. Olive green walls in the bedroom? Yeah. No. 
But initially, Katie and Mika were only paid five hundred dollars. Oh but because of the success of the film, they renegotiated how oh, much they good. were paid. <laughs> good. Yeah. And then, as I said before, the theatrical release had no opening or closing credits, and then the acting, producing, directing credits appear almost after a minute of darkness on the DVD copy. Mm-hmm. People started leaving the theater during test screenings, and the crew thought it was because the audience didn't like it, but it turns out they left because they couldn't handle the intensity of the film. Oh, it scared them so much. Mm-hmm. Because you remember those, um, the trailers for this movie, it was just footage of people in the test screenings. Yes. Like, screaming and, like, freaking out. Exactly. And, like, that is still done today. And I always thought, like, oh, any type of movie does that, where it's showing, like, test audience or like the not even the test audience the people in the theaters i'm like oh paranormal activity did that but it's not going to be good as paranormal activity and i've mentioned this movie several times they did that with barbarian so i was not expecting much from barbarian yeah that's interesting mm-hmm. they did it for barbarian in their trailer i knew nothing about barbarian yeah and i still don't so don't don't tell oh, me i'm anything. not gonna say anything but i'm just saying they did that for the trailers of barbarian they also did that and it changed my perspective of when movies do that yeah. Pelly got the idea for the movie from a personal experience. He was sleeping and a box of detergent fell off the shelf. The box <sighs> was pushed too far back for it to just tilt and fall. So literally a box falling off a shelf at night. was He was like, ghost, write a movie. <laughs> Gotta write a movie about this. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of the special effects were done practically in camera and enhanced by director Pelly on his PC. Mm. And then the Ouija board that they use was purchased by Oren Pelly at his local Costco. <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> and then this movie was produced by Blumhouse, who so, you know like is a way bigger horror film production company, but at this time they were just starting out. Mm. And Jason Blum, when he was working at Miramax, passed on the opportunity to acquire the distribution rights for the Blair Witch Project, which would have made him a lot of money. Yeah. When the time was right, though, he produced his own low-budget found footage film with Paranormal Activity and a decision that paid off, obviously, because he used that money to start Blumhouse Productions. Nice. Okay. And then two goofs. So the security system in their house is set every night, yet when Katie gets up in the middle of the night and goes outside, it doesn't set off the alarm. That's the ghost. The ghost turned off the alarm. Yeah, he knows knows the code. (laughs) I mean, you're right. He's not a ghost, though. Excuse me. Oh, sorry, the demon. 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 (laughs) I just thought of, um, I thought of BuzzFeed Unsolved the entire time. Oh, yeah. I was just like, just imagine Shane and Ryan in this house. (laughs) I love that. Because there's one point where they're like, Shane's off by himself, wandering through a haunted place, and he just goes, demon, demon. <laughs> oh my god. The other goof around, this movie surprisingly didn't have a whole lot of goofs, um, but around 18 minutes towards the beginning of the movie, when Mika and Katie are talking with Dr. Fredericks, there's a hard cut from the doctor to Katie as the doctor is talking, but the dialogue doesn't stop. And since the movie is supposed to be entirely self-filmed footage, this would imply that either there were two cameras filming at once, or that they did a second quote-unquote take with the doctor but both are unlikely it was just like a they weren't paying attention kind of thing Mm. but there was also one other one whenever the with the time stamp at one point it switches to a.m but it's it hasn't even passed midnight yet oh okay but it was just little tiny stuff like that yeah there was one point where one morning mika's alarm went off at like 6 14 at at like 10 seconds in i'm like who sets their alarm at 6 14 that's so random so that's something i noticed i was like hmm yeah that is weird but that's all the trivia and goofs that i have Mm -hmm. so hand it off to you this i hadn't seen this movie since i was nine or ten because when it came out, I really, really wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. 
So my mom and I watched it together. Oh. And it was, yeah, it's like one of those things. I didn't remember it very well when I went back to go see it, but all the better because watching it again with like, like I knew how it went. Mm -hmm. I just didn't remember the details and it was great. Yeah. It was very entertaining. It's one of those great found footage movies. If you like the atmosphere of found footage, like Blair Witch, Mm -hmm. it's very much like that. Yeah. And if you don't like Blair Witch, I don't like Blair Witch, but I like this one. Yeah. Just didn't remember the details. And so rewatching it, it's like, it was kind of like nostalgic too. Mm-hmm. Talking about like early 2000s home. My God. Mm-hmm. It's like a throwback <laughs> to watch. Yeah. So like I grew up. It feels like childhood. Yeah. It's so funny. This was made in 2007, like came out in 2007. Two years later, Jersey Shore would come out. Isn't that kind of weird to think? It is. It's kind of random. Like I would have thought that, I feel like Jersey Shore was always on. It was always, always a thing. It was always happening. It was always happening. The cameras weren't always there. (laughs) True. It's weird when you think of like all of the things that came out in the same year Mm -hmm. and really like to perspective that way. Yeah. What in proximity to the start of Jersey Shore was this movie? I literally thought that. That's the first thing I thought when I realized it was made in 2007. I was like, huh. (laughs) Which I don't know if that says more about me or not you have a reference point in your head i have a reference point just happens to be jersey shore and it was skewed my reference point was skewed because i would have said oh yeah jersey shore was on at this point they definitely know who snooki is (laughs) but they did not the demon did not know who snooki was so Mm -mm. that's disappointing but what else did you think that scene where the psychic comes back and is literally just standing in the four-way for 30 seconds going wow i can't help you is the funniest damn thing and then mika goes Oh, should we should we leave? Should we go somewhere? No, no, no. I'll just make it angrier. Just stay here, hunker down. <laughs> I'll be back in a few days. <laughs> Cause I mean, he told them from the beginning he is not comfortable dealing with demons. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing about this movie is that the husband's the worst person. <laughs> they're not even they're not even engaged. Oh it's just her yeah, that's right. Boyfriend. She's dating. Yeah. She's in grad school or something, yeah. Well, he's in the stocks too, because he has like a coin net on his shirt it's like an early like crypto thing and i just found i just found that funny yeah i feel like i have more of a context of what kind of person he is as an adult watching it exactly and but he is the worst person Mm -hmm. he's the reason why he was being rude about the psychic he wouldn't let her call the demonologist to come over and get rid of it he wouldn't put the cameras away when she asked he brought in a ouija board even though he was told by multiple people multiple times do not do that Mm -hmm. was just a blatant asshole throughout this whole movie It's one of those things like, you know, in most movie tropes, it's like the hysterical woman and she's trying to convince her husband, like in The Orphan, like she's trying to convince him something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And he says, you're crazy. You're the bad person. You're blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't see it until it's too late, until he sees the evidence, right? Yeah. This man is literally filming the evidence of everything and is still treating Katie like she's not... He's like, she's in the wrong. Yeah. What, how you think you're going to fix it is wrong. I'm going to fix it. The ego of this man in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to classify as a demon because I've been reading about it and not take any. This man made me so angry. He won't take her word for it. Yeah. Won't take her word for it. Won't listen to the psychic. That's echoed in like some of the audience reviews. I saw a lot of Mika slander in the audience reviews. Good. He's the reason why everything goes wrong. He brought the Ouija board in. Mm -hmm. He was filming it after she asked him multiple times not to do that. He is the worst. And it's it's like he sees everything that's going on and he still treats her like, I'm not going to listen to you. You're still wrong. I'm right. 
I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to fix it. And guess what happened? They both die. Yeah, exactly. Well, she disappears. Oh, yes. She's never found. Like she, Her whereabouts are not known. Yes, exactly. It's just like the, in, especially the second like half of the movie, she's never overreacting. She may be yelling at him and saying, get the fuck out, but she is not overreacting, in my opinion. No. I think she is the perfect level of reacting to what he is doing. Mm-hmm. When she yells, get the fuck out, opens the door, tells him, get the fuck out. And he's like walking down the stairs being like, oh, it's okay. Well, whatever. Oh, I think she's mad at me. Oh, no. Is so infuriating. I would have broken up with him. Mm-hmm. And kept his camera. He's kept a camera, yeah. Sell the camera. Sell it back. Yeah. Well, whenever she like is, I know she's just screaming about a spider, mm-hmm. but he grabs the fucking camera. I know. he goes to that, help her. That's the other thing I mentioned. It's like, um, yeah, she's screaming. Or like, there's a part where she's crying on the floor. Yeah. And he still has the camera. And it's like, you went and grabbed that camera before you went to check on her. Exactly. He's such a, he is awful in this movie. I am really glad what happened to him happened to him. Yeah. This, I mean, this movie really shows a very interesting perspective of the boyfriend calling the girlfriend crazy or hysterical while believing everything that is happening and still not taking her side, not listening to her, taking his, trying to take control of the situation. It's so obnoxious, but it's very interesting that they did that. Yeah, I think it, because of, how clearly wrong he is mm-hmm. too it's just like i don't hate it as much in this one because it's like clearly he is the idiot mm-hmm. like he's not being played as the level-headed one to me at least mm-hmm. i don't i don't know how to say it other than he's just being a fucking idiot the whole time he's being an asshole and an idiot he's the reason why everything happened he won't admit it no I mean, she has the demon with her, but him bringing out the camera, him doing the Ouija board, him not listening to her or doing what she wants to do about her demon, Mm -hmm. it's fucked up. Yeah. It's really fucked up. And he's the reason why everything happened. He's absolutely Mm -hmm. to blame. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Without a doubt, it's his fault. Yeah. But what else did you think? Besides that, it's really, it's kind of subtle with the hauntings because like each night's just one little thing up until the end because like in the end, there's like a lot going on. Mm -hmm. I wish there was more of the demon, but I guess you can only do so much when you're doing home footage or not so much, but like you don't want like someone in a suit (laughs) coming in and, you know, being a demon that would kind of take the realism out. But like, I don't know, just a little, like I would love to see, because you could see down the hallway in that security camera in their bedroom. Mm -hmm. I would love to see something like just dash yeah just like dash across that would honestly just a little something like that you know that might have been something that was either like hard to pull off Mm -hmm. with keeping in that realism Mm -hmm. or like wasn't in the budget because this is a very very low budget movie very low budget so i understand just get a crew member just to go like just dart (laughs) just like crouch and just like dart yeah because i mean i guess the closest thing you really get to that other than like the footsteps you see Mm -hmm. is like whenever the ouija board sets on fire you see like the plants in the background there's a shadow against the door at one point mm-hmm. which i miss i had to rewind and see it um but like the haunting was good i was just sitting there thinking like i would have done this yeah just to give it a little bit more edge no but i get i get what you mean i would have to see it to see if it still felt right realistic kind of thing you know mm-hmm. I think that's something I do like about the movie is like how subtle it is, I guess. Because like most, a lot of horror movies are very like in your face. And someone says uh, there, I forgot who says this, but like in your monster movies, the second you see the monster, 
the you know that the illusions shattered the illusions shattered and you're like oh okay well now i know what it looks like because i i think jordan yeah. peele was talking about the longer you can keep the imagination of the horror going of what the monster is in the people's mind because people are always going to think of it as worse yeah because you're never going to be you're not going to meet because like it's the own person's fear of what it could be exactly yeah and he was saying like the longer you can do that, the more successful your movie is going to be. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I totally get that too. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm misquoting him, but like that's generally what no. his idea was. Yeah, I get what you mean. And I think it's it's been said a few times in different ways too. Just that same sentiment. So I get it. I get mm. that. But what else? What else did you have? I mean, other than that, like I think this movie is still really good. I thought it was going to be boring, but I do love the slow build up to it. I can sit there and just watch it. And how long the movie is too is just perfect. I I love the pacing in this movie. I like this movie a lot. Yeah. I'm glad that you ended up enjoying it. It's better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was right? going to have a lot more complaints. I don't really have that. I, I mean, Mika is my main complaint. Yeah, but he adds to it. But I think he's great for this movie. Yeah. I, I love that he is the reason why everything happens. Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly that. Like, it adds to the, mm-hmm. the viewing experience exactly. to have this fucking idiot in there. Yeah. Let's see. Let me see what I have. I wrote it down. Okay, so I do... One thing I really like is that this movie starts in the midst of everything. Like, it's it's not like, oh, they just moved in and mm-hmm. we're gonna build up and show all their happy fam. Like, it's literally like we... Like, I understand that it's like literally the story will only work this way mm-hmm. because they're, re- they're recording everything. But I like that it's like, okay, well, we just started recording because this shit's already been happening. So you don't have yeah. to go through the even, even more subtle little haunting things that yeah. are gonna happen. Like, it just goes right into the, like, less subtle and it gets increasingly worse kind of thing yeah i love the idea that they're like they're already thinking like oh i'm pretty sure it's like a ghost or something it's paranormal something weird yeah they're already in that concept i think they're still trying to figure it out but like there's definitely they're still talking about it and i think that adds to the realism too is like yeah oh we're just jumping into their lives yeah exactly that's another point i kind of had it's like it it does feel like a real home video Mm -hmm. like the parts of the beginning where they're literally just like hanging out at their house they're swimming i think the actors actually do have a good chemistry and they feel like a couple yeah i think another thing that adds to it feeling realistic is like i think the way that they go about handling it feels like a realistic reaction Mm. you know one person's like okay well i want to capture this evidence if i can Mm. and then the other person's calling an expert about it and like they're still kind of jokey at first but it slowly weans off of this jokiness into this more like oh shit this is actually happening seriousness Mm -hmm. you know the jokingness is a defense mechanism yes like you don't want to believe it's happening at first like even katie was joking yeah exactly and then i also wrote mika sucks (laughs) just to sum it up the fact that he can't fathom her not remembering her sleepwalking yeah like, he is so mean about it. He's an ass. Well, he's an asshole through this whole movie. So I was not, like, yeah. surprised that he was, like, being mean to her. Yeah. He was talking to her like she was insane for not remembering something that happened when she was sleepwalking. Yeah. And there's literally a fucking demon in your house. You don't think it's weird? Like, it's not weird that she, like, that whole situation even fucking happened. It's an interesting development, but. <laughs> he's still treating her like an hysterical woman, even though he knows what is happening to her. Mm-hmm. Even though he's seen all the evidence. It's it's infuriating. It's really infuriating to watch. Yeah. You should be upset that this is happening to your girlfriend that you love. 
Not that it's not happening to you. Like you should be wanting to protect her, not be against her. And I think he leans too far into like the that toxic thing of like, I have to be the one to fix this too. Exactly. To protect. It, it's not even for her. It's an ego thing. It's for yeah. her. I have to be the man. I have to protect. You didn't do a good job. You're making things worse. I think that this movie has a lot more things to say than people give it credit for too. I think so too. The commentary on this movie is, I mean, I think it's very blatant. Mm -hmm. You could write an essay about this. I could. I could. And I might. You might. <laughs> I also just wanted to mention that I highly recommend watching the third movie because it's about their her and her sister as children and like the initial haunting and what oh. like caused their house to burn down and shit. Okay. I know we were talking about pacing, but even just like how they are giving us information in this movie, I think is really effective. Feels like conversational. It feels like the information's coming out in a natural way. Exactly. And then the last thing I have is that when I can't figure out what horror movie to watch, if I'm in the mood for one, I just put one of the paranormal activities on and it never fails me. I get it. Have you seen the other movies? I know I've seen the second one at some point, but I couldn't tell you a, a thing except there's a dog in it. Yeah, there is a dog in it. And a baby. But we'll move on to the critics. Mostly positive reviews. But this is from Cinema Blend and is by Perry Nemiroff. They gave it a 4.5 out of 5 and this was written in 2016. So it's kind of like looking back on the movie. They start with, quote, Experiencing this movie with an unruly crowd definitely diminished the horrifying effects. Yet I still walked out terribly frightened and dreading turning out the lights and going to bed. End quote. I love when you go see a movie and the crowd of the theater is just fucking awful. Mm -hmm. That's that's a as much as I hate those movie experiences, they're really funny. <laughs> they are. In retrospect, they are fucking hilarious. Yes. I yes. some some of the best stories are from terrible movie theater crowds. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> they say that it isn't just a cheap thrill. It's an honorable production that easily trumps other films, even those not of its genre. And they say it's brilliant. Paranormal activities are pitch perfect. The timeline of events is believable and terrifying. And they said that they could not stop thinking about how this movie was made for $11,000. That's that's really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's shot in his house on a digital camera that he probably already owned. Yeah. So like, who ordered the money go? Wait, <laughs> was it yeah. just to lights? the light rentals like yeah crew probably i mean i can't imagine there was much more than like maybe makeup and wardrobe and sound yeah just the handful of people in the room and then the actors the enormous amount of hype around the film resulted in some backlash, mostly with how it was perceived by people. And they say, quote, It saddens me to see moviegoers rebel and not allow paranormal activity to work its magic. It's not even a matter of accepting the movie for what it is. It's just about not putting up a roadblock. Yes, the underlying concept of the film may be ridiculous, but it is portrayed in a very realistic manner. The only way someone can sit through this movie and not be frightened is if he or she completely dismisses it from the start or just covers their eyes the entire time, end quote. Why do people not like it like why were people they just kind of wrote it off from the start they were like oh that's stupid that's cheesy like it immediately got written off as dumb yeah i get that but again like dumb movies can still be good yeah but that's that's a, that's basically what they're saying yeah. you know you like you have to you have to go into it not writing it off yeah but they end their review with quote paranormal activity will be far from over after you leave the theater it'll take quite some time to recover before you can sleep soundly without wondering if you're really alone in the room end quote true 
But the next review I have is from 2009. It was from The Observer and was written by Jason Solomons. They say, quote, Did not chill me to the bone, freak me out, or leave me sleepless for weeks. It is not the scariest film ever, but nor was The Blair Witch Project. End quote. It doesn't have to do all that to be good. They say that the relationship that the characters develop with the film itself is more at play than a demon or poltergeist. A similar critique to what Orphan would get where they were saying the like interpersonal drama was a little more prevalent. Yeah. And I kind of see that. Yeah. I get that. I think it's a little more present here. Mm -hmm. They also say, quote, the character of Heather in Blair Witch was possessed by little more than a desire to film. And Mika is equally committed to capturing his girlfriend Katie's trauma on his new high definition video camera, end quote. They're kind of on the same ego trip of, because I think at the end, they're both like, well, I don't know what else to do, but keep filming. Yeah. Kind of in that sense. And everyone's just fed up that they are. (laughs) They're very similar in that way. I see that. I see that. Like, I understand why, like, this movie was clearly, like, like, kind of inspired by that, too. Yeah. Like, The Blair Witch. So it's, like, it has the similar things going. Mm -hmm. But they also say that the most fascinating moments are time-lapsed, i.e. whenever they're sleeping. And then the time code on the screen speeding up and slowing down to signal something scary is coming is an ingenious cinematic device and a new way of creating tension and building it up to arriving at the release of it. They end with, quote, Paranormal activity weakly disguises itself as found footage, and despite the late appearance of cloven footprints, it never really convinces on the demonic level. Yet it does partly succeed as a relationship movie, asking why a nice girl like her would even be with an egomaniac like him go off with the demon i kept thinking and (laughs) and as a document of a generation's refusal to believe anything unless it's on film it's truly troubling end quote so there's some things i agree she should have gone off with the demon i also agree yes i it is also troubling to see that she would be with someone so such like an egomaniac and like that she stayed with him the whole time probably like a safety thing at that point just to have another person there I mean, yeah, because other than that, she's alone. But I don't know. She would have had a friend. She had an Amber. She was... It's really frustrating, though, because she was going to do that, but she knows that the demon's just going to follow her. So she is yeah, truly, like, helpless in this movie, and the boyfriend makes it worse. Yeah, he just peppers it on the whole time. Because, like, all she had to do was get the demonologist and get it out of there, but he he wouldn't let her until it was too late. Yeah, that is that is the most like I wouldn't I don't know if I would say captivating, but kind of mm-hmm. part of the movie is just her, their relationship. So I agree with I agree. My favorite thing is to complain about Mika in this film. Mm-hmm. My, this is my favorite thing to talk about because it's it is so blatant in the film. Yeah, I think it's good found footage. I don't think it's bad found footage. I think it's better than a lot of found footage I've seen over the years. Yeah. Anything else about this review? Well, they said, uh, despite the late appearance of cloven footprints, it never really convinces on a demonic level. Like, I think I was saying earlier, like, I would have seen, I would have liked to see just a little bit more. Yeah. Just of anything, but, like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, like, hammer that down. Like, I don't think that was, I think it, it's fine for what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing that gets kind of resolved in the second movie, too, is, like, there are a lot more, um, things happening. Mm-hmm. But I think that also is another budget thing where they had way more money <laughs> we only have baby powder <laughs> we have eleven thousand dollars we have some string and baby powder <laughs> it's either we add another ghost encounter or you get it you get lunch today <laughs> exactly also something i meant to mention before my favorite thing about watching these movies is whenever you're watching one of them and you see the date flash and it's literally the day you're watching the movie uh, we literally did that last night so it was like yeah. october 5th we we're like <gasps> 
that's today. That's today is going to happen. It's so good. I love it. I love it. But the next review is from Slate and written by Dana Stevens in 2009, starting with, quote, The surprise success of the micro-budget indie horror film, Paranormal Activity, constitutes one of those pop culture moments when you realize that mass taste is something better than you give it credit for, end quote. I don't know. That seems like a, like a snooty way of saying that. Like, oh... You know, I think it's just that kind of sentiment where it's like, oh, okay, well, everyone, a lot of people liked it, like the masses liked it, and it Mm -hmm. is good. So that's Mm -hmm. like, it's a rare occurrence. So I kind of get what they're saying. But you're right, it is kind of a snooty way to... A little bit, but now that you explain it that way, I kind of get it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to leave that there. (laughs) Yeah. They, They mentioned that it was released at a time where horror was very populated with slasher movies and paranormal activity being such a slow pace but relentless spooker is refreshingly unextreme. So just like, you know, this the subtle nature of the movie compared to, you know, a slasher. Mm hmm. It was I mean, this was other than Blair Witch. This was the other found footage movie. Mm hmm. They also say that they felt the movie had sort of a retro haunted house movie feel and it was like a retro haunted house movie at heart. Mm hmm. The Haunting is sort of like a mouse infestation, which is one of the funnier things about the film, which doubles when it has its less scary domestic comedy moments. You acknowledge their presence. It's annoying. Mm-hmm. But you still got to live your life. Exactly. We still had to eat dinner. Yeah. Still have friends over. And then says that uh, Pelly only reveals as much about the poltergeist that we need to know to stay anxious. I think that lends to just the quality of this movie. Exactly. And it's rhythmically punctuated by those long static shots of the couple sleeping, which I think lends to the pacing thing we were talking about earlier, where it just felt very well paced. Mm -hmm. And quote, when you're watching time lapse film of two people asleep in a dark room, it's surprising how little it takes to scare you. The image of Katie getting out of bed and standing stock still next to it as the hours fast forward past is inexplicably unsettling, unquote. I get that. I totally understand. And then says that the last few seconds were a bit of a letdown. Oh. Oh, like when she walks up to the camera, goes like, <gasps> probably. Yeah. I get that because it is a little like, oh, what's she going to do? Oh, she just kind of eats the camera. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, I get that. I get that. I think, I feel like they couldn't find a medium between the two other endings. Exactly. Because they... the other two are really extreme. And I understand why they can't go those those two extremes but they could have done a little i don't know i i do i do kind of agree with that the last few seconds of her just coming up and eating the camera (laughs) that's what it looks like yeah i i get that it's a little oh okay (laughs) well guess it's over meek is dead (laughs) well that's a win for us you know what yeah (laughs) (laughs) but they end their review with quote though it never poses a question more abstract than where's that scratching sound coming from paranormal activity is all about spiritual and ethical debts coming due as we watch the doomed couple fall asleep night after night we ask what the day traders never asked themselves how long can they keep pretending that everything's all right end quote Agreed, which is a very interesting limbo to put in a movie. But I just remembered while we were watching the movie that, you know, like they'll hear these noises, these studs, they hear the scratching on the wall. Y'all just had a raccoon in your wall. <laughs> That's what that sounds like. Yeah. As someone who has had a raccoon in their wall, that's not a haunting. Doing backflips in there. <laughs> exactly. It's not as, it's scary at first, but once you know mm-hmm. what it is, it's just annoying. <laughs> we were making jokes about it when we were watching. I we were like, they just had a raccoon in the wall. They need to calm down. <laughs> Yeah, they need to get serious. Pray to God it doesn't have babies. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. That is an excellent point to bring up. Mm-hmm. Also, 
in a two-story house hearing a sound coming from below you and putting your ear to the ground i don't know why that was so like like two like twice i would check downstairs before i put my ear on the floor i'm not gonna get down on the floor and get vulnerable for something to come in and get me yeah that is a very vulnerable position to be in when you have a demon in your house i kept thinking he was look- looking underneath the bed which is like something i would have done that's smarter mm-hmm. i thought that w- i thought was what he was doing and i'm like he's facing the wrong way <laughs> yeah idiot idiot <laughs> That's that way. Oh my god, I thought I thought something was flying behind you. Like when you moved your um cup. Oh yeah. Just, <laughs> I just God, I'm really jumpy because of this movie. Yeah, you are. I don't know. My brain's playing tricks on me today. Mm. Um <laughs> <laughs> the, the last critic review I have is from Boston Globe and was written by Justine Elias in 2009 and they gave it a two out of four starting with quote victims in horror movie haunting suffer like homeowners who buy vermin infested real estate despite obvious terrifying physical evidence they refuse to consult an expert until it's too late end quote yeah they say that the movie feels claustrophobic to a fault oh hmm just like you're you're stuck in this space only with them but that adds to it I think yeah. that adds to like I think so too. the horrible situation they're in. Yeah. I, I agree it's claustrophobic, but I don't agree I don't agree to a fall. I think that adds to the movie. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They say that, quote, unlike Blair Witch, which captured the panic of being lost in the dark woods, paranormal activity finds mild unease and shocks in an underfurnished home. <laughs> Even at 85 minutes, the movie contains maybe 50 minutes that scare, unquote. Uh, The unfurnished home part, I would understand it if they didn't have two fully furnished guest rooms. Yeah. She's like in grad school. So I like I kind of would get it. But like you have two fully furnished guest bedrooms. Yeah. This is also 2000s decorating. That that is the recession really like plays a part in like it's a recession house right there. The bareness of it Mm -hmm. or right before it because it was 2007, I think. Did it happen in like 2008 or something? Something like that? Housing market crash. Yes, exactly. Like the reset, like the bareness of it, you know? Oh, yeah. This looks like how two grads, like a grad student and her boyfriend would decorate the house. Exactly. For what they can do. Yeah. Like it seems like they didn't have enough furniture to fill the space and I've been there. I get it. But that's, I mean, like you said, that's also just like, that's how houses looked back then. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what houses they were in, but that's houses i was in yeah and i i think they're right in saying that there's only 50 minutes that are like scares but i think that's just how this movie's built Mm -hmm. i don't know i think that's a pretty good for a scary movie that's pretty that's not bad 50 out of 85 it's pretty good would they also say quote it's like watching a youtube clip of your irritating neighbors knee deep in muck as they argue the effectiveness of plumbers end quote (laughs) that is true it is very very true yes i only think he's irritating though because like the whole time she's wanting actual solutions she listens to the the psychic she wants to de- she wants to call the demonologist the man's the one that's gonna fix it and doesn't mm-hmm. and then even when he does it and they're in the shit he's like i'm still gonna fix it i'm still gonna fix it i'm i'm, I'm it's an ego thing the e- i don't think they're an irritating couple i think he's an irritating man <laughs> it's just like like that other critic was saying it's just like watching this really nice person be with this asshole yeah exactly but they end with quote despite some unsettling nighttime scenes seen through mika's ever watchful viewfinder paranormal activity lets the mood of domestic dread slip away until it's whammo final scene in those lost minutes too many doubts can creep in as to what's behind all these scratches and bangs and whether director orin pelly isn't secretly pro infestation end quote 
I don't know what that means. I have no clue what, what he's pro-demonic. <laughs> I, yeah, like he, he wants it to stay, I guess. Like he, he doesn't want the problem to be solved. Um, but it's a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. Like, What is he going to do? Do you want a happy ending? Is that? I feel like this person wanted a happy ending and was upset that they didn't get that. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a stupid um complaint. Horror movies, yes, some of them have happy endings. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's scarier if it's like the danger's still looming. Yeah. Like it doesn't get fixed. Sorry. No. It feels kind of like they just wanted to write something negative. In a really weird way. Like Everybody hates it. So I hate it too. Yeah. I don't know. I think that last little bit that he's secretly pro. I don't even know what that means. Like, okay. I don't, whatever. Yeah, it's literally a movie. It's just a movie. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> yeah. But anything else about this critic review? No. We can move on to the audience reviews. The first one is a 10 out of 10 from IMDb from 2009 titled Most Hilarious Movie Ever. I found that Paranormal Activity is one of the funniest movies of all time. A movie that stands a chance against it is Zombieland. Even Hmm. though the film was meant to terrify the population, I found that there was nonstop comedy. Granted, I have a twisted sense of humor and find The Exorcist hilarious, but nevertheless, this movie was hilarious. I will admit that this movie was intense and extraordinarily frightening, but simultaneously, it was hilarious. I normally do not care for video camera movies like The Blair Witch, in which I have not seen, and Cloverfield, but it was very well done. Question (laughs) remains whether the events were real, but I definitely give this film a 10 out of 10. I also found the reaction of the audience in the theater to add comedy to the movie to conclude i will fall asleep easily but most people will not i know that there is one specific part that you (laughs) would like to point out i would like to point it out just get it out of the way you can't complain about a movie if you haven't seen the movie just gonna say that that's a big rule with me (laughs) don't complain especially if it's a movie i like (laughs) they might be right no (laughs) they're not (laughs) Besides that one little thing, I do like this review. I love that they give it a 10 out of 10 because it's so funny to them. Yeah, it's refreshing. Exactly. To me, this is the whole point that we always try to make with people. It's like, just because you weren't scared doesn't mean it was a bad movie. Exactly. I was laughing through this movie too, but I also like jumped at certain parts because it got me. Mm-hmm. This person gets it. They do. Because most of the time people will say this stuff and give it a one out of 10. Yeah, it's so fucking refreshing Mm -hmm. to see someone say that they could still enjoy it. Exactly. But this next one isn't a review. Mm. When I watched this, I watched it on YouTube. I like rented it off of YouTube. So this was the only comment on this movie. Because when you rent stuff, you can only see the comments if you like actually pay for it. Mm -hmm. But this person was the only one there from two days ago. (laughs) They said no matter... (laughs) How many times I watch this movie, I always end up looking away at the end. I love it so much. I do too. I didn't watch her Mm -hmm. eat the camera. I know she does, but I don't like watching it. It freaks me out too much. It's like the end of Sinister when he like pops out at the end. Mm -hmm. I have to, I have to just be like, nope. nope, I can't take it. My heart, my heart can't (laughs) take it. I've seen enough. I've seen enough of this guy. If I see it, I'm not going to sleep tonight, you know? Literally. I like, I think I was in high school Mm -hmm. and like slept in my mom's room (laughs) the first time I watched Sinister. Yeah. That's a creepy one. It is three stars from Letterboxd from October 3rd of 2022 that says Mika had it coming. He did. He absolutely did. There were plenty of those ones. Oh, I bet. This next one's a one out of 10 <laughs> titled Boo. <laughs> like a from ghost 20- or like boo in a bad way (laughs) they'll explain it in a second but this Mm. is from 2009 the title of my review is open to your interpretation oh thank you (laughs) i'm a 
fan of small films, so I went in with an open mind and high hopes. Maybe that was the problem. I bought into the hype or wanted another Blair Witch. Now that I have taken the time to really look at the trailer for the film, I should have known. It is rated R for language, not for disturbing images, mature thematic material, intense sequence of violence. Now I like a good scare. And the original The Haunting or When a Stranger Calls proves you don't need blood and guts to scare. But I was left wanting. From what I have read, the first ending shown at festivals might have made the movie for me. Just my two cents. So they would have liked the original ending more. It's fair. That's fair. Just wasn't their type of horror movie. Just didn't do it for them. All right. I can't, I can't say you're wrong. That is, that is fair. Yeah, I can't either. This next one is from 2020 on Letterboxd, three stars. Mika being warned not to taunt the demons and doing it anyway, like he's one of the BuzzFeed Unsolved boys. <laughs> you, you are not the Buzz, BuzzFeed Unsolved boys, you though, You are not Mika. Shane. <laughs> you are, you are not, you are not him. You are, you are not, not him. him. <laughs> But this next one is a two-star review from 2018 on Letterboxd. Katie has been living with demons her whole ass life and she still sleeps with her leg poking out of the covers. Unrealistic. Yep. 100%. I mm-hmm. I was thinking that through the movie too. I was like, she's, she sleeps awfully comfortable in that movie. Yeah, back to the door. Yeah. She still sleeps closest to the door. Literally. I don't do that now and I haven't even experienced this. Nope. I, I won't sleep next to the door ever. I sleep farthest from the door. Yeah. But then I'm closest to the window and the window's scary too. Yeah, that's true. If I have curtains though, I'm good. I'm like, I try to shut the blinds, but I've had we I've had weird encounters with the window. Okay, but the next review is a two-star review from Letterboxd from 2020. I sure hope the demon is a symbol of the couple's unhealthy relationship because it would be a weird coincidence otherwise. Hmm. That's a good way. That's a cool way to read it. Yeah, because like we were saying, it's like, it's, I, I don't know necessarily if it was on purpose. Like, I don't know if mm-hmm. enough to know if the messaging was purposeful, mm-hmm. but it, it felt like commentary on like a toxic masculinity and like, it's common in like a, an abusive relationship for the person being abused, not being able to leave because, mm-hmm. you know, they just lulled into this sense of like, I, I don't know if I'll be okay without this person. I don't yeah. know if I'll be safe. I feel like that's a, that's a good way to look at it. It's a great way to look at it. And also mm-hmm. mental health. Yes, that too. And like having an unsupportive mm-hmm. partner when you're going through something, even we can fix this past mental health, just yeah, something traumatic. I can fix this. I have to fix it. Mm-hmm. I have to fix it. Even though you know what's best for you, I have to fix it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You could read a few things uh, in this movie. It, uh, that, yeah. That's what I think really makes this movie good is like the the reading you can get from it. Yeah, it it's weirdly applicable. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. If anyone knows for sure, if they've seen any interviews or mm-hmm. anything about this movie with the, the writer, if they know if that was something intentional, please let us know. But like, I did not realize how much it really felt like that was what they were going for. Yeah, and how easily it fits. Like, uh, and that's uh, that's the thing with horror, though, is like how how horror different horror movies can fit into commentary about society and life and all that. It's very cool what horror can do. It is. Yeah. There's no stars on this one, but it was written in February of 2022. And they say, honestly, very charmed by this movie and its blinding 2007 visuals. The hideous ironwork in their pre-housing market crash house, the nauseating frayed bottoms of Mika's bootcut jeans. This was what we used to look like. <laughs> I'm so glad someone's talking about this in detail. I love it. Me too, because I can't articulate it like this. Yeah. Not sure why people on here hate this movie so much. It just wants to scare you. Pretty normal thing for a horror movie to want to do. I suppose you boo firemen as they put out fires too. 
<laughs> That's a good way to put it. I love that. I know people love to say they hate jump scares or whatever. Honestly, I like them. I don't understand what the issue even is. I want to be scared. It's why I read about abductions before I go to bed. Being scared rocks. You don't want to be scared? <laughs> what the fuck? Why are you watching a horror movie, dumbass? The jump scare isn't cheap. Shut up, you pretentious baby. I love this person so I fucking much. I love them. Much. They've been making points this whole time. They're deranged, but they are making points. I will say, though, there was one, like, when I can't sleep, sometimes I used to, like, read paranormal stories. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, if I'm not going to sleep, I might as well stay up. <laughs> Um, <laughs> might as well read something interesting <laughs> might as well do some light reading oh my god only real issue i had with this movie is that mika sucks so bad that when the demon smashes his picture you can't help but see its point there's a certain mm. amount that mika has to suck for the plot to work but this actor is going above and beyond the call of duty <laughs> i think he i think he thinks he's in on it but he exists on a plane of grading i don't think daniel day lewis could fake reminds me of the catfish guy from the the <laughs> The woman respecting elevator. You remember that guy? God, he sucks. But he, no, he literally looks like Nev uh, from, oh, from Catfish. Catfish. Yes, he, look, yeah. he does look a lot like him. He li he literally like is just his clone. That is Nev on the screen. Yeah, it is. I totally see that. We watched Catfish. I can't believe neither one of us said, said anything about it, but I totally see it. I know, but I fucking love this review so much. This is a fantastic 10 out of 10 review. I appreciate that they brought up that it seems like the actor is too good at this. Like, yeah. too good at being this guy. I, he goes above and beyond being yeah. the worst in this movie. I love that because it's true and he is. Yeah. I also like, I appreciate, and I, I think someone else said it earlier, but yeah, jump scares can be really good. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're like this, okay, I'm getting the rhythm yeah. of this movie. It's, if they feel like a haunted house, mm -hmm. like you're, you're in a kind of jump scare not my favorite but like well-timed well-timed it almost has to be spontaneous yeah but they still do that like jaws thing where they build the tension yes exactly i understand why spielberg liked this yeah yeah exactly i think jump scares have to be it's like an art you kind of have you you kind of really have to really kind of be good at it for it to be good yeah it's like comedic timing exactly they can be cheap but they can yeah. be good too. You're right though. It, it really is all about the timing of them. And I think the, the timing kind of more so than the substance of the jump scare. Mm -hmm. But I think the timing can kill a jump scare too. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. the timing is the most important thing in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I feel bad that this review has to follow that one up because that one was really fucking good. Yeah. Fantastic. Two and a half stars on Letterboxd from 2017. It worries me more that the couple in this movie are in what is clearly a toxic relationship than any of the ghost stuff. True, some flimsy reasoning as to why it doesn't matter if she leaves the house or not is presented, but why are they still with each other is far a far more troubling prospect. And like I said, it's kind of that... That comfort thing. Either the person's made you feel that way, that you can't leave them, or... You might have some issue relationship-wise in yourself where you don't want to or you feel like you can't. Mm, exactly. And like, exactly. I totally, I, I get it. I love her friend Amber mm -hmm. so much just because like he comes in with the camera and he's like, what are you guys talking about? And like, 
she clearly looks on like katie clearly is just like oh just everything like she looks uncomfortable like she looks uncomfortable when he comes into the room and amber's like like he he's like i have an idea and she's like okay well what the fuck are you gonna do my mika like what are you gonna do exactly i i would be amber i'd be like shut the fuck up go away she has a really supportive friend which is really nice like mm. comes in he has a light on for some reason just to be obnoxious what a child <laughs> i'm sorry literally he's just a man child it, it, it's like his character is truly god awful mm-hmm. okay the next one is a three and a half star review from letterboxd of 2022 that says i'm just a sucker for found footage horror films me too me too i get it it's it's a it's a good genre it's a good genre it is it, even if it's bad it's fun it's gonna be funny probably yeah exactly that and like when it's done well it's like this eerie feeling of being like it's like the fullest without being like a fucking 5d movie or 4d movie or whatever yeah immersion that you can really get because it's like you feel like you're there so when it's good it's good and what's bad it's good you know yeah exactly and then <laughs> star and a half 2020 letterboxd the only bad energy in the house was katie's boyfriend exactly <laughs> the demon was just trying to protect her from him literally i think this is that argument as well i think i just need you to like watch the third one too because you get like more context about how the demon was with her as a kid too oh really and it just kind of makes you understand the demon a little really i love that you you get their perspective (laughs) yeah you get the you're rooting for the demon in this (laughs) honestly yeah (laughs) one out of ten imdb 2021 titled just stupid i've watched hundreds and hundreds of movies and this one is just stupid who would stay on a house like that? Why would Katie say over and over each day to leave, but stay? Why would they sleep with the bedroom door open? Okay, that that's a, a fair point. Fair point. And after seeing those footprints, who in their right mind would stay? Just stupid. It follows her, dude. It's with her. Literally that. I, did you not listen? It sounds like you didn't actually watch the movie or you weren't listening. Pulling a Micah over here, Mika over here, not listening. <laughs> and she wasn't in her right mind when they were trying to leave. She was sitting there gripping across so hard her hand was bleeding. Well, it, it possessed her at that point. And like, yeah, when they were going to leave, he literally was like, come on, let's go. And she's like, no, I want to stay. She's obviously like, it's too late at that point. They yeah. were trying to and leave she's when right. it was too late. Exactly that. Exactly that. So you're you're just stupid. You didn't even pay attention. You didn't pay attention. I just love it. I watched hundreds and hundreds of movies. So have I. <laughs> like, what what's your point? That doesn't make you an expert. We've watched hundreds and we both have degrees. We still don't say we're experts. No. <laughs> no, I will never. <laughs> no. No, I am not a fucking expert in film. I just like it. I'm gonna say though this person's wrong. They except for the door. Except for the door thing. I do not understand why they never shut the door. I, that is that's a good point. Well, because like the thing you were saying, you would have liked to see something happen in the hallway. Yeah. If they were going to leave the door open like that, that makes sense if that like shit was happening out there more. Uh huh. But uh, they probably, for the movie's sake, they probably left it open for that tension. Yeah. So you could like look in the background. Like and- you're like, what's in the background? What, what is it? Am I going to see it? It's that whole mm-hmm. like the Jordan Peele thing, like what's in the imagination yeah. of what's the worst thing that could be there, leaving the imagination yeah. to the viewers. Exactly. So. Yeah, but the next one is a two and a half star review from 2021 on Letterboxd. When I first watched Paranormal Activity back in high school, I was really scared, but it just fizzled out now. This supposedly scary tidbits ain't even spooky, except for the scene where the girl was dragged, and they're too far in between to actually build suspense. Thumbs down to even entertaining the idea of watching the sequels. I do wonder, this is practical practical effects, like how did they pull her leg? Yeah, because they said they did it in camera. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Maybe they had a green screen suit guy. That's what that's what the only thing I could think of. And if that's the case, they did a really good job. Yeah. Yeah, because I was sitting there thinking, and like, it was scary, but I was like, ju- just like a practical effects style. Like, how did they do that? You know, it's kind of, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Or maybe they had a rope that was green screen. Maybe that, or maybe they like had it. No, I guess because she, well, you could, you could add the screams in after. Mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe they did it in reverse where they like yeah. pulled her. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, I think it'd probably be easier to green screen the front. No, because it would block the camera. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's a mystery. <laughs> there is a documentary on Paramount Plus about like the the behind the scenes stuff I should have watched oh, before cool. we did this. I didn't know that. So three and a half stars. I think these are the last two. They're both generally positive. Three and a half stars, 2019, Letterbox. It seems pretty cliche in 2019, but I remember watching it for the first time in the theater and it was quite an experience and it's still effective for the most part. Plus, I'm not going to lie, watching this at night when I already don't like random noises noises houses make was pretty damn creepy, even though Mika is even more of a tool than I remember him to be. Seriously, what the hell is wrong with that guy? Yes. This is exactly my brain during watching it, because I tried to watch it alone, Mm -hmm. like, last two summers ago. Oh, yeah? (laughs) I I was, like, freaked out. (laughs) I have upstairs neighbors, so when they walk, it sounds like the footprints, or, like, the footsteps in the movie, so... My life's a living hell after watching this. And that demon has a heavy step, doesn't he? Yeah, he's heavy. <laughs> the first time you watch it, and I'm sure... Like, I didn't watch it in theaters when it came out. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I believe that it was a fun experience to watch this specific movie in the theaters. I I wish I had... Well, I was a kid back then, so I don't know how much I would have appreciated the experience. I think now would, yeah. would be really, really fun. Yeah. But the last review I have, IMDb, titled, An Exemplar of Its Form from 2021. I managed to watch this film without knowing much about it. I was really surprised by how well realized the found footage concept was in this film. I have now watched it three-ish times and it still unnerves. This is because so much of the script and shooting style does information by implication. The film allows the mind to fill in the gaps and scares itself. Yeah, you can throw some criticism of the form at the film, i.e. why are you still filming, and yeah, the acting is pretty lackluster, but this is a haunted house story that relies on suggestion and restraint. It's great. And I think that's a good way of putting it, Mm -hmm. because yes, there were some parts where it's like maybe a little bit more would have been better. Mm -hmm. It is true, like part of the creepiness of this movie is the way that your mind wanders when it's showing you nothing. Exactly. Like they said, the information by implication. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. One day we will do the other ones because I am determined now. I'm good with that. I can, we can, Mm -hmm. should we watch them in the order you suggested or should we just do one, two, three? I think we should watch the... The next one of them we watch should definitely be three. Mm. So you can watch the backstory. Yeah. What would you rate this movie out of 10? This is a solid seven out of 10 movie. It's a good film. It's good to put on. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like exceptional, like like oh. an eight or a nine, you know, is what I put it. But like, I think a good yeah. seven out of 10. I think that's like a perfect rating for this movie. I think it mm-hmm. like it's just a solid good movie. Yeah, that's fair. I think I would give it an eight mm. just because of like how reliable this movie has been for me. Mm. I've enjoyed it every single time i've watched it but yeah eight out of ten for me do you have anything else you want to say besides mika sucks no this movie's good i really i really enjoyed watching this movie it was really good so if you have any comments or concerns or you want to suggest a movie to us that we have not done yet feel free to dm us on instagram at easy big takes we also have a tiktok also at easy big takes you can find transcripts of all of our episodes at easy big takes 
And don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review and a rating because it really helps us out a lot. And thank you so much for listening. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. This has been Easy Big Takes. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye.